I'd like to take a minute to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Now, The Mountain Mysteries isn't about money, but it does take money to operate and to keep the show going. With that gratitude in mind, I'd like to say thank you to Josh Preston, Bobby Fairchild, James J.D. Maggard, Amanda Blevins, Mildred Terry Lovelace, and our newest Patreon supporter, Jennifer Mullins. There's three tiers available now on The Mountain Mysteries, a $3 tier, which is the basic tier. You'll always get early access, commercial-free, to episodes, at least three to five days ahead of time. And also a $5 tier and a $10 tier. Now, the $5 and $10 tiers, you'll also get access to monthly newsletters. And on the $10 tier, you'll get videos specifically for you and only you every month. And the videos come twice a month to let you know what's going on behind the scenes. And some of these videos will include private questions with some of the people that we interview. Kind of a behind-the-scenes thing. That's just another way that we can say thank you. Because parting with the money that you earn, the money that you work hard for, well, to put it mildly, I feel that's a big blessing that you believe in what we do so strongly. So thank you. And as always, stay mysterious. I remember uh, going into the delivery room and her doctor hadn't made it over from his office yet at Paul B. Hall Medical Center. And uh, when April came out, I bent over and looked at her and she had all this long, dark hair. And I said, there's my April Renee. I named her right there. A production of Sloan Studios. The following may contain strong language and deals with adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Like maple syrup, those memories are sweet. But when you lose someone so close, and someone you love so much, and in such a way that there's no warning, well, time goes by slower than molasses in January. I remember a knock on the door around 1, 1 1.15 time frame. And I got up and I opened the door, and there was the sheriff, which is uh, Gene Sire, which I did recognize him, but there was another guy with him that told me he was the coroner, J.R. Frisbee. And they just blatantly come out and said, there's been an accident in April, she's dead, just like that. It was March 5th, 2021, when the first episode of The Mountain Mysteries aired. And to say that it was a hit, well, that's putting it mildly. That episode was for April Renee Pennington, a spunky and sweet teenage girl that loved life and lived it wide open. Friends, family, and memories that she made in her oh, such a short life. Well, that would last for the people that she left behind. Last a lifetime, as a matter of fact. Their lifetime. When she was born, it was clear that she would change lives. April grew up. She was happy. She... You could tell she was a jokester from, from day one. Um, I remember uh, one time when I'd stopped at the grocery store and to get 
get her some soda, and she uh, saw a bird laying in the middle of the road on the double yellow line. She demanded at age two for me to get out and get that bird. And the bird was already dead. And I told her, I said, April, I said, that bird's done went to heaven. She says, you you wouldn't go get that bird, and now it's dead. So she cried for a day or two. And then uh, another thing that she I remember her doing is I had lost my driver's license. She was about three years old at this time. I couldn't find my driver's license nowhere. So I went over and paid to get me a new driver's license. And I went back to the house, and I was changing her, her crib bed. And I found my driver's license underneath the mattress. So I said, April. I said, hey, what, what was you doing with Mommy's license? She says, I just wanted to sleep with you. So she had my driver's license in there. And then, you know, she would take and uh, play hide-and-seek and climb underneath the sink, underneath the cabinet in the sink, and she would hide. She scared me to death. I didn't know what happened. And then I heard a little giggle, and I went in there and looked, and there she was. I said, April, don't scare Mommy like that no more. She said, I was playing hide-and-seek. She grew up in a small town and had big ambitions, and a lot of love and a lot of friends. We learned all that on the Mountain Mysteries Episode 1, Tragedy at Paintsville Lake, and now, 49 episodes later, we go back and talk to Sharon, and maybe some others, about April, and maybe learn some new things. Perhaps. These are the Mountain Mysteries, and this is Episode number 50, Home. An update on the mountain mystery of April Renee Pennington. Over 24% of the 1.9 billion square acres in America alone, the mountains that so many people call home, also play host to some of the most staggering mysteries in the world. The missing. And she said, I knew I wasn't there anymore. The murdered. All my emotions just went blank, just like, just blank. And I still live with that today. I think about that so much today as he was in that water. Strange creatures. Whatever it was, it was standing up. I'm out here looking through the window now, and I don't see anything. I don't want to go outside. I mean, it was a, nope, we need to get out of town. Unexplained lights and sightings. It does not look like an airplane. They come together, and then they separate, and they just keep doing this all the time. These stories may be strange. They may be sad. They may be odd but they are mysterious. These are the Mountain Mysteries, and now your host, Chris Sloan. It's been said that almost dying changes nothing, but dying changes everything. That night in 1991, May 19th, to be more precise, certainly changed everything for so many people. But 
If the measure of a life is the impact it had on others, then April Renee Pennington left an indelible mark too big to be calculated. She was in life as she is now. Loved, remembered, treasured, and adored. You know, sometimes I run into some people here and there. Maybe it's in the supermarket or at the gas pumps, restaurants, wherever. But I've learned something. People will find out through whatever means or reasons about the Mountain Mysteries. And they find out that, oh yeah, that's the guy that does that podcast. And they approach me. This has actually happened. And they pay me the highest compliment that I could possibly ask for. Many people have said, you know, I feel like I know April. Or I feel like I know Dwayne. Muriel. And I can feel the emotions of the family in that Watcher episode. Or... In the one on the Mothman, or the one about Heather Teague. Some kind of freaked me out, some I cried. Some just made me shake my head in utter disbelief. I smile and I thank them and I go on my way. And then one day, it hit me while I was forced to be purchasing $5 a gallon gas, you know, making life decisions at the gas pump, that it's working People remember, or they know April and Tim. They're hearing it. And more importantly, they're not just hearing it. They're listening. Yes, there's a difference, my friends. The Mountain Mysteries was started with a single purpose. Honor. To honor those that we love and have lost along this road that we call life. Sometimes that road home is... Oh, so tough. It bounces obstacles in our path for no apparent reason. Oh, but there is always a reason for it. Always. You see, we don't grow when we're comfortable. Only when we're forced to step outside that box of comfort and of the things that we know. The road home is short for some of us. And it drags on for what seems like forever for others of us. Peace of mind and soul can be harder to find than gold. And like life itself, it's far more valuable. Yeah, you've heard Sharon say that. And as just a reminder, April's brother Tim, well, he kind of showed that as well. I got word I was staying with my dad. We lived over in Davis Branch, and uh, I remember we were sleeping. And I won't think I was sleeping in the floor at the time, and he was in his bed. And we got a knock on the door, and it was the police department in the corner. <laughs> they just talked to dad, and that's the first time I ever seen him cry. You know, I really didn't know what was going on. Well, I definitely 100% think, don't think that she drowned. You know, because number one is I remember seeing the autopsy in the mercy room photos and she had a busted mouth. She had hair pulled out from behind her head. She had like a ligature thing around her neck. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in the autopsy photos, she had all kind of bruises on her. You know, you don't get that from drowning. And secondly, you know, the other guy that passed away that night, I remember seeing him in the Jones of Prestons and all of his knuckles was busted up. He had knots on his head, you know, and you don't get that from drowning. I mean, you can go out here 
kill somebody, throw a bucket of water on them. Hey, I found them over here, you know, in the lake, and they drowned. Well, all right, your words are good enough. You know, that's the way I feel that happened. I remember a knock on the door around 1, one fifteen time frame, and I got up and I opened the door, and there was the sheriff, which is uh, Gene Sire, which I did recognize him, but there was another guy with him that told me he was the coroner, J.R. Frisbee. And they just blatantly come out and said, there's been an accident in April, she's dead. It's like that. Well, it's certainly nothing like you'd see in a television series. Most of the time, they come in and do what they can to brace the family. But I suppose everyone handles things in different ways. Can you imagine how you would feel? Did you see anything on April's body that would make you say, wait, wait a minute, no ligature marked? Well, the first thing, like I said, this is Im- imprinted in your brain. I mean, it, it's something that you cannot ever remove. You can't unsee this? No. I saw a place on her lip, her upper lip. I saw a dark spot on her left jaw. Look, looked like a bruise. It looked like a bruise to me. You okay. know, I'm no doc. I wasn't no doctor back then. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a red mark going around her neck, around her neck, a fine red mark. I think that my daughter and the bunch that she was with was riding through the plaza, and certain people found out that they were there and where they were going, and it was either out there hiding and wanted to do something that they shouldn't have been doing, whether it was a fight that got out of hand that resulted in the death or whether it was just right out, we're going to kill her and throw her in the water. Because the emergency room doctor again said that April had been dead a long time. I said, who died first? And when I asked him that question, I was wanting to know because I did not want my Dog, I, I could not imagine April stand, standing, sitting, swimming, or whatever, and seeing somebody drown in front of her, knowing what type of child she was. He said she died first. I said, how long had she been dead? He said, for a very long time. I said, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes? He said, longer. But also in the report, it states that 10... Thambo's family, or that the people at in the uh, that drove the ambulance that brought Tim Stambo to the hospital was upset, despite the fact that they actually got a heartbeat on him before they got him to the hospital, and the doctors and staff didn't do anything to help him. It's in the police report. Now, if you'd like to hear more about that in its entirety, then go back and listen to episode one. Tragedy at Painsville Lake. You know, to say it's heart-wrenching is, well, it's an understatement, but... um, They say that time heals all wounds. Some wounds, though, they can't be healed. They're scars that that are left over them that just goes on and on. and, And I think that maybe we just learn how to deal with it in a little bit... I was going to say a better way, but I don't, I don't really know that that's the case. I think that we just learn how to somehow move on. That's the only way that I can think of to accurately describe that. It's kind of like going 
in a circle. Now, the truth of the matter is, is that I don't think that Sharon or much of any one of us that knew, loved, and cared about April will ever truly come full circle until justice is done. But, yeah, what is justice? I mean, if somebody is arrested tomorrow and charged and convicted of the crime of murder and homicide against April Pennington and Tim Stambo, that's not going to bring them back. Sharon told me once that you only get that full circle, that feeling of true justice, when you're reunited with them. But every day brings us a step closer to home. On the anniversary of April's death, I had a very unique privilege. Sharon and I sat down in Sloan Studios and had a chance to have a discussion. And we did. We talked at length. This is how that went. It's 31 years. Three decades. That's longer than some people live. She would have been 47 years old now. Tell me about the suspicions now. You know, in episode one, Tragedy at Painful Lake, we talked about John. And how close John and April were, and how things went south the way they did. Do you still have suspicions of John? No, I don't. Why? Well, back then, when all this happened, there was just so many wild tales and a lot of people telling everything, making up stuff and everything. I never did really think that he had anything to do with it. To this day, I can honestly tell you sitting here right now, that boy loved my daughter, and my daughter loved him. And as teenagers, you argue and fight and have your little spats. I did when I was a teenager. I have so much compassion for that young man. And as I recently told him, our girl up there in heaven is smiling down on him. And the man that he has become today recently got married to a beautiful woman who's beautiful inside and out. And I just know that April's up there smiling and is happy for him, as I am too from my heart. Now, you remember Brenda. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on her today? Same as it was back then. She had something to do with this. I think so. If she didn't directly do it, she knows all about it or had some part in it. But as for John, no. Have there been any new developments? There's been some that I can't speak about. Okay. A lot of people know they're just not saying anything. Well, we actually had somebody that I would have loved to have spoke with, but for their own reasons, they declined. But I can tell you that I feel that after 31 years, this case being unsolved is due to that kind of thing right there. People afraid to come forth and actually say what they know as the truth. The night that April wound up at the lake, first off, l- l- let's start off with exactly a recap, a brief recap of what happened. It was on the 18th. That was the last time you saw her, wasn't it? Yes. Which... Is 31 years ago today, as of the time of this recording. Yes. You saw her leave with Tim and another young man, and you told them, be careful, have fun, etc. She said, we will, we love you. The next time you saw her was at the hospital. Yes. She drove off that day. She came out in a pair of K-Swiss tennis shoes. She came out in a white Pepe shirt. Yes. And a pair of blue jean shorts. Yes. Uh-huh. 
But yet, when you got to the hospital that night, she wasn't wearing that shirt. No, she had on a shirt that was totally different. Way too small for her and had a logo on the front that was just disgusting. Said you suck. And John's mother actually met me at the hospital. She, she's a retired LPN. April loved that woman to death, and so do I till this day. April was laying there on the, the cot, and uh, she went in with me to identify the body. And she recalls running her hands through April's hair and April's hair being dry. But yet she, she allegedly al- drowned. She also remembers that she was telling someone uh, yesterday that she remembered that running her fingers through her hair and that April's hair was dry, that the shirt was too small for her, and there was no water on, on the, the sheets around the body or anything. So she was laying on the cot, bone dry. Mm-hmm. And she also told this person, she said, we, Sharon and I went over there, you know, and they pulled the sheet down and said, Sharon pulled the sheet down a little further on the body and she said I was touching her legs and stuff feeling of her and said Sharon was holding her arms you know April's arms and she said Sharon's face turned blood red and said I was trying to hold on to her but she hit the floor and she said I don't know what happened to her said they put her in a wheelchair and was taking her blood pressure she said I don't know what happened said she turned really really red she was talking about me just recalling that night do you remember any of no. that? So you blacked out? All I remember is going in there and seeing the body lay there on the gurney, sheet pulled down, and dry hair, dry clothes, shirt too little for her. She was clothed, hair dry, lip busted, appeared to be a bruise on the left side or the right side of her cheek and places around her neck. That's what I vividly remember. And what about the earring? looked like one of her earrings had been pulled out of her ear. And if you are a woman or man and you've ever had an earring pulled out, then you know what I'm talking about, It like a rip. Sometimes, let's talk about the prom dress that she was wearing that night. That was taken off. Do you think it was taken off by April, or do you think... Really, I have no knowledge of her wearing a prom dress that night. Okay. Someone else said she was. Okay. Uh... But when she left my house, she was wearing the Casis tennis shoes, mm-hmm. the shorts, the PEPE shirt, which belonged to John, mm-hmm. and um, a necklace, a pair of earrings. Her hair was French braided back and moosed up, and that's how she left the house. I have no knowledge of a prom dress. Okay, but yet I was told that they found an earring. In that prom dress. Someone else, which I can't mention the person's name, has come forward and told me about a dress that April was supposed to borrow and wore that night and come back, brought it back, that I brought it back to the cleaner, to them, and they sent it to the cleaners, and the dress had bloodstains on it and everything. I don't remember any of that, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I I don't remember that. I don't remember any earrings because the dress that April had on in the 90 prom, Paintsville prom, and the beauty pageant she won in Van Leer, I bought and paid for that dress myself. Okay. So if there was another dress, I'm unaware of it. Well, the story goes on to continue that that dress was turned over to local authorities, and the local authorities never did that so much as a single test on it, which would be irrelevant at this point in time, 30-some years later. There's no DNA. There's no nothing left, at least nothing viable. Yeah. Well, the the lady told me she ran a boutique there in Paintsville that her mother owned, 
Mm-hmm. And she was the lady that I bought the prom dress off for April to wear to 90 prom and the beauty pageant. And she said when the dress was brought back, she said, I, she said, I brought the dress back. I don't remember it. And she said she sent it over to the cleaners. And a lady named Connie owned some cleaners over there in Paintsville in Rock City. Mm-hmm. Said Connie had brought the dress back and said, I can't clean this dress because it's got these blood stains on it. And the girl told me that her and her mother both was wanting the dress cleaned because they wanted to give the dress to me. That, you know, I have no knowledge of returning a dress over there. Mm-hmm. I'm just totally unaware of that. I mean, I have no knowledge of it. Of course, back then, I didn't have no knowledge about much of anything. Well, what do you do when you're looking at your daughter in death? Of course not. Of course, you're not going to remember every little detail. That's my point. You have tunnel vision. The only thing that you can remember is what you see laying there. Changes you forever. Yeah, it, yeah, the face, the body, the the look on the face, and, you know, just you're unaware of your surroundings. You're just fixed on the body. Is the investigation still open? I can't comment on that. Okay. In your thought, you know, let's, let's talk about what I call revelations. If she was murdered, where do you think it happened? Concord. For years, we operated under the assumption that she was found at Paintsville Lake lying in the water. And then recently, about a year ago, we found out that wasn't the case. There was two individuals up at Paintsville Lake that night. Yeah. They have a different story to tell. Yeah. We actually, well, I actually went with a police officer and a member of 606 Paranormal. We met up with this gentleman, and uh, he's a fine young man, no criminal record, Uh good job used to do social work and we questioned him with his consent and we taped it we mm-hmm. taped the conversation with his permission and he was sitting there crying as he was telling about what happened that night and what he remembered and he said that him and his date were there before that truck pulled in and that the group was there maybe 10, 15 minutes at the most before they started hollering they needed help. But he also said that the the group of teenagers walked in front of him and his date about three times before they started hollering. He said so he ran toward the bank of the lake, Mm -hmm. went over the bank, and he said there was a body laying there of a girl. He said, I didn't know her, and he said, I didn't know any of the group, anybody in that group. He said, when I got down there, she was on the rocks, face up, head toward the parking lot, feet toward the water. He said, and then the police officer asked him, said, did you have to get in the water to get a hold of her? And he said, no. He said, we took her right up out of that bank. He said, me and three or four others carried her up there and put her in a truck. The police officer asked him, said, was there any CPR done? He said, no. Nobody attempted CPR. Nobody attempted CPR. There wasn't no trucks and vehicles in the parking lot. Racking the pipes is what they called it back then. Was playing loud music. He said, there wasn't none of that. And the girl that he was with doesn't live in this state anymore. She was questioned also by the same officer. And she told him the exact same thing that 
the gentleman that got a hold of my daughter's body and brought her out of there said, no racking of the pipes, no CPR. They stayed there until the rescue squad board pulled Tim Sambo out of the water before they left. And he was found a considerable distance away from her, wasn't he? Yes, he was found, according to what these two individuals said, he was pulled out of the water by the rescue squad over there where the loading ramp is where you put the boats down in the water. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're standing and you're looking at that loading ramp from the parking lot, April was found way off to the left is where the boy helped get her body off of the rocks. They didn't hear any splashes? They said they never heard any splashes. They never heard any screaming for help. They just heard the, the juveniles walk back and forth from about three times or four times and then they hollered we need some help someone drowned and he said he went straight over there and it might be I guess around 50 60 yards or something like that Mm -hmm. where they was at and helped get her out if somebody goes into the water and they drown there's going to be splashing Mm -hmm. that would indicate that these two people were killed elsewhere and dumped there well, you know... So, you're thinking they were killed at Concord. Why would Tim have been killed? What, what's your thoughts? I think he saw what they were doing to April, and maybe they thought he would talk, or maybe he was trying to help her. That's my thought, that he was trying to help her. Yeah. See, I knew Tim well enough to know he wasn't going to stand by and watch that. He cared about April. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. going to watch that happen. So, that puts me thinking that there is more than just one or two females involved. Tim was thin, but he was stout. Yeah. So in this group of teenagers that our mystery guests who were at the lake saw, I'm betting at least three, I'm betting at least four. Well, like the young man said, you know, when he got over there, down the bank there and got a hold of the body, it was him and three or four others. Okay, Mm -hmm. now, at the lake that night, there was Tim Stambo, who was in the water. Yes. Okay, that just left Chris Stambo and Ronald Pennington on the bank. And God rest Ronald's soul. He passed away also. Mm-hmm. So if it was just the mystery guy, Chris, and Ronald, okay, that's just three. Mm-hmm. Who are the other one or two? Well, that's one of the questions that yeah. we'd like to have answered. Well, you know, and stuff's come up that... Uh, the the gray Monte Carlo went to pull out and, and the person knew who the gray Monte Carlo belonged to and like I said God rest his soul but in that car with that boy was two females mm-hmm. okay now there was just supposed to be in, and I'm just going to come out and say the name there's supposed to be in April and Michelle and Joanna so where did the other female come from because Michelle was in the truck with April's body, so that would have just left Joanna there. But when this Monte Carlo pulled out, there were two females in the end. Like I said, if you've not listened to episode one yet, you need to go back. Listen to episode one, Tragedy at Painsful Lake, because what you will learn and what I will divulge here is that April had already passed, and they were driving her through a little shopping center in the heart of Painsville called the Mayo Plaza. They actually went through a drive-thru of a restaurant where Tim, Stambo's sister, worked, and she actually saw them in his truck. Now, if you knew Tim, you'd know. Not just anybody's going to drive that truck. That was his pride and his joy. 
course, when, you know, when you're 23, 24 years old, your car is your pride and your joy. Yeah. Well, the reason that I can mention these names now is back then they were juveniles, and it's all public record now. Yes, it is. Uh, Tim Stambo's sister told me that she was working at the place of business, and one of the little girl that was working the drive-thru come up there and told her, said, you're wanted at the drive-thru. So she said she went out there and said there was Tim's truck sitting in the drive-thru and Chris driving it. She said, Chris, what are you doing driving Tim's truck and where's Tim? And she said that Chris told her that we're on our way to the hospital with April and we can't find Tim. And he had done ask the little girl for a glass of water and her and the little girl, to, I don't remember what her name was, said that he splashed it on April's face and then they pulled out. After driving through the plaza. That's what Tim Stambo's sister Diane said, yes. And God rest her soul, she's passed away also. 31 years. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. It's longer than some people ever live. If you had to sit back and think about a motive, I mean, why would somebody do this to a girl that's only 16? Why? Evil. Jealousy and just pure out evil. Just evil. Now, time that has gone by, have you seen or heard from Brenda in this time? Oh, yeah. Brenda sent me a uh, message on Facebook, which I kept. I screenshotted it. One invited me down to her place for Christmas dinner. And I politely said, uh, thank you for the offer, but I'm busy. Mm-hmm. Well, it was definitely you taking a higher road. And I get that. I get that. How or do you know where the ring was found in the dress? No. I was told it's um, in the bra section of the dress or where the breast would be. That's mm-hmm. where the earring was found. That's what I was told. Yeah, see, I, and, and again, you know. You don't have that, any knowledge. I of have no knowledge. Of this. I even told the girl that was talking about this I said I have she said don't you remember and I said honestly no I don't well everything was still so fresh then I mean this is this was a matter of what a couple of weeks after you know after this happened and then you of course had the funeral to deal with before all that allegedly happened which you know I, I didn't go to but I did 30 years later thanks to you I said in your room and watched that service that you videoed. And, you know, I've had several friends that found out, you know, this has been coming for a long time. You know, um, and, and people know this, and I may not necessarily include this part in the podcast, but people know when I lost Ollie, it took me out. When I lost Trevor, it yeah. killed me. Yeah. It knocked me down about 10 steps. But you've got to realize this. Trevor's with April, and they're both watching us. Yeah. That's why I'm back at this again. Trevor would have slapped the dog. I mean, he would have slapped the taste out of my mouth. He was a good man. If I laid it down. He loved this thing. He thought it was cool, unique, different. He said, uh, I remember once after he had performed at April's celebration, he said, what you're doing is good. He said, you need to keep doing this. He He, said, nobody else out there is doing this. He come over and asked me. He said, was they still, was they really little spirits dancing around? I said, yeah, they were. I said, Stacy was a... yeah, that I forget what was the called. Uh, the 
SKS, yeah, SKS. She, we, she had that running over there, and she showed me, and she showed you. Yes, and, I saw it. And Trevor was one. He said, was it real? I said, yes, it was. And and it was a little spirit just dancing around on the tables and, yeah, dancing around out there. And I could have seen April being up around that table <laughs> dancing. I could have. She she had a way about her. Um, this, this is going to sound like such a redundant question. But tell me about her. Tell me what do you miss most? The giggles and the smiles and the Aussie hairspray, the music from the hard rock bands down to Jim Croce's Time in a Bottle to mm-hmm. the Kentucky Headhunters to the Mozart. She loved it all. Yeah. And taking her shopping to get her school clothes. And she spent like $500 before school year one year on clothes at Fashion Bug. I just said, here's my card. Took her over and dropped her off. I did sit out in the car, but... You didn't see... You don't want to see what was coming. <laughs> well, I knew. I knew. She'd say, Mom, I bought a dress one time, and one of the fond memories that I have of her is I bought a dress one time, and she said... I said, well, April, what do you think about this? She said, Mom, that is hideous. Three weeks later, she came back. She said, Mom, she said, you know that dress that you bought? And I said, yeah. She said, can I wear it to school? And I said, I thought you said it was hideous and ugly. She said, I changed my mind. It's really cute. So she put on the dress, and she took the belt... And she put the belt around a black hat mm-hmm. and went off to school. And I'm telling you what, everybody said that was the prettiest kid it was. She had a very unique sense of style, but it was a very tasteful sense yeah. of style. She looked yeah. good. She looked beautiful. You know, in one of the pictures, and it's one of my favorite pictures ever that we have on, you know, the Mountain Mysteries webpage and all these others, is she's sitting in what looks like a satin white blouse with still, her hands clasped. I still together. have that blouse. Like I still praying. have those. I still have the blouse. I still have the rings. I have the bracelet and I have the necklace. You know, when we talk about what we hope to get, and I understand that you can't talk about new developments, but can we ask you, has there been new developments? I wish I was videoing this right now because the look on your face is you're dying to say, but you can't. So, okay, we're going to leave it at that. Okay. That tells, I think, that tells us what we need to know. And I respect that. Because, like I said, to hell with numbers, let's get justice. If we don't get justice here on this earth, when we, when we, go to meet our maker we'll have justice you know I was talking to several people or a few people that were close to me and one of them said something very poignant and significant she looked at me she said you know she asked me first she said can you handle revisiting April I said yeah she said are you sure and I said yeah she said here's the thing God deals out justice in his way in his time. And she said, and it made me think about certain things and how people look like they're 40 and 50 and 60 years older than they actually are. Or a hundred. Or a hundred. And yet you, I'm sitting here looking at you with your hairstyle in honor of April and Tim shirt on, which I still do have mine. Thank you. And you look more at peace now than you did a year ago. That's because I moved back to Johnson County recently, mm-hmm. and I sit on my... Bought bro- a beautiful home. Bought a beautiful home, have a wonderful husband, mm-hmm. and I sit on my porch, and I told my husband last week, I said, you know, this is the last road 
that April was on before she died runs right by our house. Funny how things work out like that, isn't it? And then last week, or beginning of this week, I saw this black eye rock going up and down the street, so I had to put a little message on Facebook about it. It just brought back memories. Yeah. Happy memories. John had one like that. Yeah, happy memories. Yes, good memories. Well, I have to say, when John showed up at the Celebration of Life, that told me what I needed to know right there. Yeah. And you've seen how he interacted with yes. me and Yeah, me. he was great. Uh, he spoke with me, and he told me in no uncertain terms that he missed her, he, and, and and he loved her. There, he still holds a special place, place, place yes. in his heart for her. He does, and he always will. Uh, I think that April would be very proud of who he has become. She, she is, she is. You know, I can feel it in my my body, my mind, and my soul. She. She's happy where she's at. If she could come back, she would say, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to heaven. But she's she's happy and smiling on the man that he has become. The boy has went through a lot. Now, the last time that we spoke, actually the first time that you and I spoke about this, I asked you a question, and that question was... Does she come to you? And you tell me about the incident about her sitting down on the bed and saying, Mom, don't go to Painesville Lake, and then she just fades away. Does she still come to you? Yes, she does. And there was another instant before we moved here. Uh, my husband was at work, and I was sitting in the house, and I had my laptop on, and the TV was on, and I was doing something with my laptop. and had it on the coffee table, and... It's thunderstorming and everything, and the electric goes off, but my laptop was still working. And I looked, saw something out of the corner of my left eye. So okay. I turned my head a little bit, and I saw from the waist up, April, an apparition of April sitting there, smiling at me, and then just disappeared. So I got on my laptop, and I put, please tell me that I did not see what I just saw, and bam, Stacy Underwood said, I know what you're talking about. Now, if there was ever a gifted human being walking the face of this earth, it's Stacy. Yeah. She just has a gift. Yeah. I mean, she can pull things and know things before anybody knows them. It, it's yeah. it's an unexplainable thing, but it's like my daddy, Bristol Soul, used to tell me, just because you can't explain it doesn't mean it ain't real. Mm-hmm. He's right. Yeah. So, but Stacy picked up on that right now. Yeah. Well, the first time I met Stacy, we I asked for a paranormal group to do a investigation at the Concord racetrack area. And so at the group that she was in at that time, we went out there. Stacy walks around, you know, and she comes back and she says, Sharon, does Aussie mean anything to you? And I looked at my friend, an elderly lady that had been my friend since I was 17 years old, mm-hmm. and she looked at me and smiled and she told Stacy, said, April wore Aussie products in her hair. And Stacy said, well, I smelled it really strong in this one area. It smells like grapes. I know. <laughs> I know, because guess what I found in my pantry closet Aussie. a couple of nights ago? Two bottles of Aussie products. And I, I'm a guy. I mean, you know. Was April telling you she was here? Maybe. My daughter has seen her. Cody yeah. has seen her in their place. I have not 
but I have heard through a certain device that Stacy has. I've heard my mom and my dad come through that device too. And I know my parents' voice. That was my parents' voice. And my dad's, quote, sense of humor, end quote. You know, very, yeah. you know, sarcastic. Well, recently, uh, Stacy and I and Lloyd went on a private investigation for a, a little while. And a voice came through the same piece of equipment and said mom and then to the other person that was there the voice said I miss you and I recognized the voice and the other person said oh my god that sounds like April well you want to share make public the what happened at her resting place when I was there yeah we went up there to the cemetery and come back down and I got in my vehicle and uh, Chris was standing outside talking to my sister and I was telling him about this app that me and Stacy and Lloyd uses on our uh, paranormal investigations so I turned it on there and I was trying to communicate with April and I asked April if she was there did she have any message for Chris because he was standing there very sad and I turned the phone volume all the way up and held the phone over there to where Chris and my sister could hear it and she said Chris help me yeah I don't think I broke down at that point but after some thought I think I know what she was saying help her help you so but down here since I've moved back I've had today and tomorrow and then and the next day is going to be to be rough on me because you know it's natural. I relive that every year, this time, the birthday and what happened out there. But for some reason this year, it's more peaceful like, and I think it's due to me moving back into the area. Mm-hmm. How long had you been wanting to come back here? Well, I moved away in '98, mm-hmm. and uh, me and my husband decided that when we retired, we would move back here mm-hmm. because you know my children my child and my grandchildren are here and mm-hmm. my family and I retired last year and he was already retired so we decided to buy a house and move down here which we did how ironic that particular house we're happy with our house we love it nice neighborhood and, and, and being nice place being right there to where you see smiling faces and people that speak with you every day going up and down the sidewalk. Everybody comes by, blows horn ways, whether you know them or not. And then you, you're sitting there and within five feet of where you're sitting at on your porch is the road that she traveled on the night she died. And when I'm sitting there sometimes looking at that road over an evening, I'm like, I can just see her going up and down the street, even in that black high rock, just a giggling and going on and acting all silly. That, that makes was me April. feel good. That would be April. Yeah. That would be. There's no doubt. And I do remember one time when she had her driver's permit, and her dad loaned, the, loaned her his little car. Mm-hmm. didn't have a radio in it. Mm-hmm. And she was driving in. She drove it over to the Mayo Plaza and was cruising around like the rest of them. Well, they didn't have no radio, but them little girls said, you should have seen us. We rode down all the windows, and we were singing. We never had a radio, but we were singing. And, the, you know, that's, that's the way she was. Didn't have a radio. 
girls get together and sing. You know, that's mm-hmm. the kind of memories that I think of when I move back to Paintsville. Yeah. Well, I think April will be the first to tell you happiness isn't having what you want. It's wanting what you have. Yeah. yeah. And she was happy. Yeah, she was very and happy. And I cannot imagine how happy she is now. She's one of the prettiest angels in heaven. Oh, like, there's no doubt about it. Like my mother put on the back of her headstone, God looked down from his throne above, saw a beautiful flower in his garden of love. She was picked up by angels and carried away forever to bloom in the master's bouquet. That's very beautiful. Yeah, my mom put that on the back of her headstone. That's very beautiful. Well, 31 years from the last time, how has your life changed from a year ago? Yeah, from a year ago, it has changed dramatically. Uh, I've had ups and I've had downs, ins and outs. But since I've moved back here, I've had more peace. I'm home. Wow. Doesn't that say so much? You know, we're all on a path to going home. Some of us will get there before others, and some of us may have to wait just a little bit longer. But if home is where love lies and where you are, where you feel that you truly belong, then you truly belong there. If that makes sense. Yeah, I kind of thought it might. We've all lost people that we love. And those people that we love, we miss. That is the measure of life. Sharon is home. And one day, we will all go home. So we can see the people that we miss so desperately and love so much. Until that day comes... We focus on living a life worth honoring them, their memories, their sacrifices, the love that they left behind as a way of keeping their memories alive. And that was the whole point of the Mountain Mysteries to begin with. Honor. Honoring the memories and honoring the lives that they lived. If you can, please support us on Patreon. You'll find a link in the show notes, of course. One-time donations, we accept those too. And don't forget to check us out at www.themountainmysteriespodcast.com. A lot of cool stuff there you can find. For The Mountain Mysteries, I'm Chris Sloan. As always, stay mysterious. If you enjoy The Mountain Mysteries, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. That helps us so much. You can also help support The Mountain Mysteries by visiting our sponsors, whose links are below, or by donating at Patreon or the PayPal link shown in the notes. Patreon subscribers will receive early commercial-free episodes and more.